0: Just at the end of the first paragraph of the third chilek, on page Reish Chaf, we've all come out from the Sefer Das at least knowing in our minds that there are two ways to look at everything. There are two ways of seeing everything in life and ourselves from the Mabat, that perspective of the guf, and the perspective of the Neshama. And marriage is no different. As a matter of fact, marriage is the main arena in which that in which that world of neshama and guf plays itself out it's the main it's the main where there's going to be conflict struggles and accomplishments as a result of this combination that creates who we are of the neshama and guf. and Schwartz is explaining that One cannot, one cannot live in a marriage completely with the world of Neshama, and one can live, cannot live in, the, in a marriage completely in the world of Guf. And finding that balance is the secret to being able to be <coughs> a Yid and to be happily married, Bez Hashem, and to be a parent. At the end of the peric, Yeshna Manoshim Hanoitim Liraish Bechol Matzah, Ketzed Hunir Be Mabachumi Gufan, the top of page Reishchaf. There are some people who are inclined to look at everything, most people in the world, are inclined to look at every of every situation, from the perspective of the guf, of the body. Now the body here doesn't mean, again, I'm only saying this because for the people who have not been here the whole time, we're not talking here about something coarse and disgusting and ugly. Just from the perspective of their own personal emotions, thoughts, feelings, not from that deeper part of, the neshama, uh, so there are people who look at every matzuv in that way. Obviously, these people have to learn that they also that a person has a neshama. And the neshama has to be revealed, and that's the tachlis of our lives. Then you have other very great people, very exalted spiritual people, who see everything from the perspective of the neshama. And as wonderful as that is, this also is a mistake. Because in our present lives... We are in a of neshama, which is mislabish, which is melubash, enclosed in a guf, in a physical body. And if one ignores the guf, it could cause as much damage as ignoring the neshama. A different type of damage. But it can ruin a marriage, it can ruin one's life. Ki ke'es adain Nishama's anu hazeh Baif and neshama Living in this world, in a way, of nishama b'sayyid guf, nishama n'a guf. And a person cannot deny that reality, and should not overlook that reality, that he has, that he's living in the ilam This There's a famous story that I've said many times over the years, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with this. <clears throat> there's a whole, there's a whole, a God that surrounds it. But many of you know that the great Rosh Hashiva, Rav Hutner, the Pachet Yitzchok, that Rav Hutner was a Talmud, the year that he spent in Eishasel, he was a Talmud of Rav Kook. There are a lot of people in the yeshivas who have made believe that that's not, never happened. But that's the fact and Rav, Rav Hutner never apologized for that. He was never embarrassed of that. He was very proud of that. Now we know also... Many of you know that Rav Kuk, decided he agreed to give, to speak at the opening of Hebrew University. This caused an unbelievable commotion in the old Yeshuv, in Yushalayim, and, and uh, in HSL, Bechlau how could it be such a thing again forget for a moment how we think now 2011 it's not like going to speak at Landis College you understand back in those days and what that was and how things are cooking in Yushalayim it wouldn't even go over well nowadays in Yushalayim let alone then now Rav Cook agreed to speak on the condition that the board and the president of the university promised that there would be no biblical criticism at all at the time which was very popular that was the accepted view in the in the world of academia and scholarship that the bible god forbid had different authors and so on and so forth all that because and that this would not be taught at all in the university and there would be respect for the kedusha of tanakh and they made all of these promises to Rav Cook that that's exactly how it would be taught and based upon that promise Rav cook agreed to speak he gave an absolutely magnificent talk that had nothing to do with the university. It had to do with a very, very exalted idea and concept, which we have and it's been printed and anybody could could, could learn it, could read it. It's, it's not, it's hard to learn, but it's, it's there. It was an amazing thing what he spoke about. And, of course, this was, this was the most controversial thing at that time in Edgesell and right away within, the, you know, all the, Posters were up everywhere on every street in Shalim and it was terrible. But Rav Cook went and he did that and he spoke and he, and he really was all about, it was all Muslim was all, and it was a very deep tire that he gave over to to try to, as we know, he always wanted to lift things up in, in a very holy way and give it a positive way and so on and he saw this as an opportunity for that and so so. um Rav Kook was, the, the university after it opened, it was a few days, it was only a week, and Rav Kook was, was sitting in his study uh, and learning, and Rav Huttner was learning with him. The two of them were sitting together, and a bacha came, uh, came in to Rav Kook's house, and he came to Rav Kook and he said that there was a class that was given today, and the whole class from beginning to end, the lecture, was on biblical criticism and it's all apic curses. No, there was, it was exactly what Rav Kook was promised would not happen. And Rav Kook was listening to what happened and he turned white. And Rav Hutton has said that he, he, that he doesn't know how he had the courage to say this. But he said, and he says he couldn't believe that he said this to his rabbi, but he said, Yiddish and He said, as he said, it seems that Rebbe understands a Jewish soul, but not 100% the Jewish body. Not 100%. And Rav Kook didn't answer him, didn't say anything. He looked at him, and they say that after that, Rav Kook's health began to deteriorate. He was sick after that, he came out, didn't talk to anybody, it was a whole thing. So, what was Rav Kutner saying? Rav Hutu was saying, I mean, to try to understand what that great person was saying to an even greater person, was that Rav Kook saw into the soul of the Jewish people. And the soul of the Jewish people is on fire. And the soul wants to cling to God. And in that respect, who would argue, who could argue with Rav Kook? Who understood the Neshama like Rav Kook? When Rav Hudna said, but the Yiddish Shaguf, in other words, that Rebbe, you're not, so con, not always in touch with, it's a way we, would, we wouldn't say, but it's not so much with the reality. Of, of There's also a Jewish body. And the Jewish body does not always stim, you know, with the Jewish soul. There's a problem in Clay Yisrael. And, and while Rebbe saw the greatness and the depth and the panemius and so on, and trusted and believed that it would, that it would all follow the soul's lead, and that this somehow would usher in a new period of Mashiach. But the Mitzvah says that we're not in Gan Eden yet. And The Mitzvah says that it's in the Shama, which is Malubish Bogov, and the Mitzvah says that the people who opened that place and who are running the place were very, very far removed from not only being God-fearing Jews but just being Elokah people, and that's. And that was the metzias that Rav Hudanar was talking about. That very understands the neshama, but he missed something with the goof. The tachlus is neshama besaychag Guf. and therefore Rav Schwartz explains: One must one must pay attention to the goof and to take care of the goof, not to not to overlook it. And that's how the Barang Shalom made us, and that's and that's why he brought the neshama into this world, that it should be neshama b'saychaguf. In order that you should be able to understand what we're learning, really, he said it's best. To learn this, what we're going to learn now in this tiny little in this tiny little sefer, it would be best if you first learn the Mishkan Ephne Aleph and Beis, which many of the people in the shul have learned. Chaylik Aleph and Beis. that explain in great depth how the neshama sees life, how the neshama sees the world. Histaklus Shalamuna the histaklus, the way of seeing things with emuna, al nuchlol hachayim kulam, all of life should to be seen in that way. And after learning, al vav mishkan evne, elephant base, yakhal olav lhistaklus al nesuim berfad, the mabitchul nisham. It will be much easier then to see marriage in that way, to look at marriage from that al vav mishkan evne way of seeing it, which is. To that way of Emuna. Emunah. Vemabit comes from the neshama. Achdus, echad is from the world of the neshama. The world of the guf is two, three, four, five millions. That's the world of the guf. In marriage, people are trying to find echad. Right? V'ahayu l'basa, echad. It's the tachlis of marriage. It's the closest yichud that a person can have to be to be one with Hashem, is to be a husband and wife. It's a very beginning. It's a very holy thing. <laughs> the whole sheir shirim is a marshal of that achdus, of that yichud of k'tshibuchu and kneses yisrael of a husband and wife. And all of Tanakh, and, and, the, and the deepest marshal of the connection between Hashem and the Jewish people, which we're going to be talking after we finish the Sefer, we'll be talking all about Knesset Yisrael and Hashem. Not from the Sefer, just I'll give Shire on that Indian. But the closest we can get to the Echad, so we're looking for Echad, we're looking for one. One is a number that only the Neshama knows. Only the Neshama knows that number. The Guf does not know that number. The goof doesn't know that number. The goof is familiar with after one, other numbers. if other numbers. When we were kids, we only a few of us now that are from that age bracket. But back in the sixties, there was a song that had in the. Um, you'll forgive me from taking from the world of Toma. One is the loneliest number. So I don't remember who sang that, but I remember words like that. One is. It's not. It's not important. But it's just. Continue, continue. The, the 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 truth is that anything that any the language of the guf is every number after one. One is the loneliest number because, but that's in the elam in the elam haruchni, from the rule of neshama. One is not lonely at all. Other is All of our happiness comes from echad. When you taste a taste of Echad with a good friend... When you taste a taste of Echad with a child... Of Echad with a wife... A husband... Of Echad with a baby When you taste that... That's the biggest Asher... is the biggest Osher... The biggest Simcha that a person can ever feel... Now you're not alone... other What they meant with those... With whoever they were... You'll speak to them out will discuss it with you... <laughs> that whoever those... Whoever those Mushkhas and were... When they, when they spoke about it being the loneliest number... They spoke about a person who is alone, and and being alone, of course, is a terrible feeling. By us, echad is not loneliness. Echad is the opposite. Echad is v'ha'yilavasa echad. But the ha'guf, what those with those are talking about, the loneliness of this world is Lataibi Yavakesh means that everything is of the guf is two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They don't have a of echad. There's no of echad. Echad is the language of the Nishab. Echad is the language of the Neshama. Only a person who, the Amist knows what he's saying when he says, Shema Yisola Hashem Echad, only that person, only the person who's in that place of Echad and knows what that means and feels what that is, only such a person can can truly, truly experience Echad in marriage as well. It's not to make a person lonely. Other habits, to make a person feel the connection to other people, friends and family and so on. But, Echad is from the nisham The Guf does not know the meaning of Echad. doesn't know. And because of that, in the Ilm HaGuf, in the Ilm HaKhumri, in the physical world, there's unbelievable loneliness. The loneliness is, is unbelievable in the physical world. Even though, even though you would get the impression, and every teenager has this impression, that all that's taking place in the physical world is that people are getting together. You know, so you have this poor yeshiva boch, he's sitting there trying to, you know, he's sitting there f- listening to the Rebbe go over the taisis for the tenth time, and, you know, and, and, and uh, he's watching on, outside the window, if he was fortunate enough to get a window spot, and he's watching, you know, some, some teenage couple uh, driving off in the horizon, and he's sitting listening to Rebbe saying over taisis, and he's thinking, oh my goodness, that's where the world of Echad is not in Taisos. Echad is over there with, you know, Brenda and Eddie. That's Echad. That's the world of Echad. And my world, and my, that was also the song that I was referring to. I just want to, I really want to impress you with my bikis. <laughs> and, and, and my world here sitting over Taisos is, is a world of loneliness. I, I'm by myself and one is a lonely number. The nishama, the nishamah is never lonely. The nishamah is a khak al khamial. The nishamah the neshama is a place of echad. And when a person is able to access that world of echad, then he's able to experience echad in marriage, echad in parent children, echad with friends, echad with the Ba'i'illam, he's able to experience that. But if he doesn't know how to get into that world of the nishamah, then he might use the word echad all the time, one this and one that, but the essence is never one. It's never. It's always. It's always. The olam ha'guf doesn't know what that means, and therefore, there's never really any kind of yichud. There's no real bonding and connection. There's no real yichud. Real yichud can only be with the neshama, because the olam ha'guf, by definition, can't be one. Can't be. Only the only the neshama is such a thing as one. in the last paragraph. When a person is able to when a person is able to come to the nishama and enter into that world of Amuna, then he's able to he's able to clarify and to understand the guf from the perspective of the neshama. And there could be a, there could be a bonding between the neshama and the guf, which is the tachas of being in this world. Hashem didn't leave us up as neshamas. So he sent us into this physical world. He wants us to be in this world. He wants us to eat. He wants us to sleep. And he wants us to get married and to have children. He wants us to live in this world. Chayahan Nisu'an. Ba'o Hashem is heinous tsearcha neshama. Vahainous tsearcha guf. Hashem has both made this funny thing called marriage in order dafka, to perfect the tzarekha neshama and tzarekha guf this connection between neshama and guf that's why the greatest and most difficult messianists are are in marriage they're, they're in marriage those are the greatest nishayinus. That's so people have the biggest problems with marriage There are many, many people who tell you, I don't know, I got along with everybody. I was the happiest I got along with everybody. Everybody loves me. I was the most popular person in the world. And they have married, and it's it's terrible. Everybody loved me, except this guy, this girl. And now, and I thought this person, I be more than everybody. Marriage is the hardest place. It's the biggest ni-sign. We'll see, we'll talk about why. al a person must learn what does my neshama need. Now, we understand. Ninety-nine point nine percent of us come into marriage without having a, an idea at all what that's about, what my neshama wants, what my neshama needs. Vein is Certainly goes into marriage expecting to have, uh, expecting to have, uh, looking at completely from from that perspective of the guf, what the guf needs, what the guf wants. But the tachlis is ulah Zayn ve'nehem. To find a balance between the neshama and guf, <laughs> that balance is determined by the madrega of the couple, of the of the of the husband and wife. <laughs> the more revealed the neshama is in this person's life, the more in, the more he's in contact with his neshama. Kain Darche Gufo Mismatin. So to that degree the the uh, the tsarche it says by you tsarche, it's a misprint here, it says dar. It should be tsarhe cane sarche gufo mismatin. So the the needs of the guf, and the demands of the guf become less, decrease. Well haipoch. And when you have a person in whom the neshama is very, very faintly felt or not felt at all, obviously, what's going to happen is the guf, the guf, the guf. And he has the guf is loud and screaming and the neshama is not heard. All of the problems in marriage are rooted in this. All of them. In this one says, no, our, this is not our problem. Our problem is finances. My husband doesn't make enough money. That's our problem. It's not this. What's that do with And And he says, no, no, no. Our problem is not money. The problem is, uh, the problem is that uh, my, wife, uh, uh, my wife spends too much. Or the problem is that my wife is not as pretty as she uh, made herself out to me. Whatever it is. Each one has the answer. This is why the marriage is not working out, or because uh, because of the uh, parents, or because of the in-laws. That's why our marriage is not working out, or because of or because of the children, or lack of whatever it might be. That's why our marriage is not working out. <clears throat> or then because of his meedus or her meedus, because he's honest, she's not. She is, he isn't. He is, he, she's. All of this stuff. All of these things, all, 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 of these things, whatever it is. And I'm sure there are many things you're sitting here saying, yeah, but he didn't say my Indian. <laughs> but whatever your Indian is, why, what, the union that you have in marriage, or the Indian that's preventing you from getting married. It's all, it all comes back to this equation of neshama and guf. Everything. We're we with Jews. And we come from a different place. And many, many, many people who, uh, who, cannot, who cannot manage in their marriage because they're Jewish would be able to somehow get along if they wouldn't be Jewish. If it was just a matter of a guy and a girl, they'd, they'd be able to manage. But the machinery is complicated. By Yid, it's very, very complicated. And the shama in a gof. A guy doesn't have such an in. A Jew does. But nobody is parted from the guf at all. Nobody is exempt from dealing with the guf, obviously, because we're, we're, as long as we're alive, we're in the guf. Therefore we have physical needs. Even the most ruh person has, has basic physical needs. Okay, so let's begin. Rabbim heim pergbeis. Rabbim heim ha'anosham ha'shakadim there are many people who before they get married and at the beginning of their marriage before they get married they saw marriage and they look forward to marriage as an opportunity to enjoy to have to have pleasure not just physical pleasure of course that's an important part of it what they were thinking about (inaudible) to be happy not to be lonely anymore to be relieved of loneliness to be able to care for someone and to love somebody and to be able to enjoy a physical relationship and a family and so on (inaudible) Ulam In many, many situations, after not too long a time, they discovered to their shock and bewilderment that married life is not just tanduk. it's not just pleasure and, and, and enjoyment, it's not just pleasure. Again, every single teenager thinks that's what it is. That the Iker of marriage is Avaidah. Work. When the husband discovers things, a certain Teva in the wife, that she has a certain nature, she discovers in the husband a certain nature. Even if they were dating... Even I was in the airport near Tisrael, and there was a sweet yid by the name of Yeshai, that he was, he was walking with me. One of the Chevah got something that I was capable of carrying my things, but he came with me to keep me company. So this fellow Yeshai is not from, and I was talking to him. And, and uh, he told me, I asked him if he's married, and he said that he got married three months ago, and I gave him a hug, and I said, Tov and you should build a beautiful Jewish home, and so on. And he said, Came came, he says we, were, we, we, we lived together for seven years. And and we just got married three months ago, and so I said to him that Hashem's book should help that you should forget the whole seven years. You should forget even I'm sure they were very nice, and it was beautiful. Forget the seven years, and you should build a, a beautiful Jewish home. And I spoke to him a little bit about about Basar and Chalav. We had a little conversation on the way to the thing, and and he's going to try to do this. He's a nice guy. <clears throat> so you think that he went out? He, he didn't go out. He said he lived with his. Girlfriend, to got married. He lived for seven years, and still, when you talk to people like this, when you talk to people like this, they're just as shocked as the as the ones that came, you know, with, with an old-fashioned shidduch, to find out things about a spouse that they that they didn't know about. And here, here, you know, if you're going out, you're living with somebody seven years, you figure, what what is it you don't know? But that's how the Baruch Shalom runs the world in such a way. So and you discover after you're married certain certain character traits certain things certain hanhages that the person ways that he or she does things that is that you can't connect to you can't relate to even though you were it was the most romantic couple now everybody was you figure you had this thing that you thought when you walked into the restaurant that everybody dropped their fork and spoon and and everybody, was, and everybody was thinking, Ay, halavai, if we could only be like this couple. And under the chuppah you figure that who knows what the malachim is singing over there. And then, and then you find out afterwards that I don't even know if I can go on living with this person. I never knew this about this person. So when that happens, he's speaking from the guy's perspective. He feels mamish, shocked, shocked. hamum. he's like paralyzed, shocked. I never ever imagined that That's the person I'm marrying. I never thought that that's the person that I'm marrying. I was certain that the person I married was somebody else. Sometimes, truth be told, sometimes these are small giluyim, meaning... These are minor discoveries. Not such shocking, earth-shattering discoveries. Sometimes they're smaller discoveries. Less dramatic revelations. Sometimes they're very shocking. They're very, very big. I never knew, I didn't understand that. I never knew that. that somehow by the guy and by the girl or by this one or by that one, by both, there are certain tchunas, there are certain characteristics that come out. Each one is thinking, if I would have known about this, if the shadchan would have told me, if I would have seen this, if I would have known this, I never would have married this guy. I never would have married her. I never would have done such a thing. How could I have done such a thing? I didn't know. And that kindness, how come I wasn't told? How come you weren't honest with me? How come I, on himself, I can't believe I was so stupid, I didn't see this, how come I didn't see this? I wanted to get married so badly, and because I didn't, because I wanted to get so, married so badly, so I, 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 my goof, and I went ahead with this, or I listened to some dumb friend of mine who said that it's gewaldic. You know, you begin to get, you make yourself crazy. <laughs> What I'm telling you now is, is known to any person who's already gone through his first year of marriage and he says and even less than that. That's why as I've mentioned many times in the past one of the, one of the saddest at the same time funniest things is when you and I when I'm speaking about older couples are sitting by a and you hear the chasm give it a Torah about marriage. Right? It's always like the couples are sitting there like the grandparents and parents are watching this custom giving a speech about certain things about what marriage is all about and, and, uh, and lecturing to the island about marriage. It doesn't have a of what that is. It doesn't have a, an idea of what that is. Not the brachas and not the things that are difficult, not the avaida. Something that he read in a sefer, he heard about, whatever. People don't talk about the truth, as it's known what each person goes through and people think that by everybody else, by Yanim it's good, oh it's so good and only by me it's hard. By everybody else it's good. There are many people who are living lives of quiet desperation. In the Shana Rishayimah and after the Shana Rishayimah. There's no such thing as a person who got married and did not discover something in the spouse that Mamish shocked him. No such thing. No such thing. However, when this discovery is relatively minor, when it's a minor thing, when it's a minor thing, you know, whatever the girl finds out—forgive me—the girl discovers that, like, that her, that her husband has this union of you know, cleaning his ear with a toothpick every night. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm with only telling you something that, that was brought to me over the years. This is an Indian that came to me. I'm sharing with you. And, and uh, this happened around a month after the couple was married. This goes back around 15 years ago. And she asked him to stop that that nauseates her. And he said, don't look. And she said, I can't stand the fact that you're doing that. And you're going to puncture your eardrum and and he, he said, "Look, it's not—it's really none of your business. This is, I, this is, I've been doing this my whole life." So we could say about such a quirk and an idiosyncrasy that it's relatively minor. I mean, he might lose his hearing, but it's relatively—it's relatively minor. In the bigger scale, in the bigger picture of life, those little physical idiosyncrasies that people have. I'm not going to talk about any others. The little weird things that only the husband knows and only the wife knows. Those are relatively minor. Normal people can overlook those things, can deal with those things. And even stop doing some of those things. It's possible. These are things he could overlook. When it comes to physical inyanim like that, you could overlook Especially if this, if this guy by nature or the girl by nature is the type to overlook the faults in other people. There are people who, who have a generous nature and they don't look for faults. So obviously for such a person it's going to be much easier to deal with those discoveries that are relatively minor. Because to begin with, he's not a critical guy. She's not a critical girl. That's a much easier marriage when you have two people who are not critical because... Right away, 70-80% of the stuff that they find out about each other, they could deal with. Because the Teva, they're not critical about other people, and they're not critical about each other. They have a certain nice Teva. There are people that are like that, that they're nice. They don't, they don't see the chesrein so much in people. They look at good things in people. It's such a Teva that people have. It's a beautiful thing to see that. It's not so common, but there are people like that. So for those people, for those couples, especially if you have both are like that, so that many of the minor revelations, discoveries, are going to be okay. Because each one will be able to admit, to ignore, to ignore, not to pay attention. In other words, soft, soft my wife is wonderful, she's terrific, she's this, she's that. And this one Indian that I found out, no, no, she has so many milers, and she says the same thing. To say that my husband has many, many milers, there's this Indian that I didn't know about before we married, now he sees, okay. It's annoying. It's a little bit upsetting. It's not. I didn't expect this. But Sofko Sof is a wonderful person. He's a gewaldiger husband, and and um, and you know he has he has uh, he has other miles. I just had this. Arab Shabbos. My wife just told me such a nice thing that of course I didn't clean the car properly from the snow. I thought I did, but I didn't. So my wife went shopping for Shabbos, and she couldn't open the back of the pilot because her husband failed to. Clean off all the ice and smell that was there. Okay, so my wife uh, came in. She said, "Broch Hashem, the other things that I, I like about you, but you're not, you not—you weren't particular. Wasn't so good with the smell. With, you know, <laughs> with the yeah, that—that's not, not one of your milers, you know. With the. so, if you're able to have an iron tayvor, you're able to look at another person and to see the good in the other person and to say no, no not piche. Okay, so he's not such a good snow cleaner." But there's other things that I like, so that's okay. There are people that are like that. There are other people that for such an, a, 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 an Aveira, it could already be a shabbos. There would not, wouldn't be a shabbos. You know what happened? I got to the grocery, and I'm waiting over there, and it's so cold out, and it's blowing in the snow. Every other wife in the parking lot was able to open up the trunk, put the bags in. I'm the only site I'm standing over there, and, I, and, I, and nothing's there, and I had to ask, and then some guy had to come over to me and start cracking my eyes if you have a wife like that it's a Shabbos forget about it it's not going to be a Shabbos today so if somebody is a Teva a guta, and an Ayin Teva then many of those minor infractions many of the minor avails, will be okay people who are able to look the other way who have such a Teva life is by those people life is much much better that's for sure when it comes to the less choshev infractions, the smaller sins of life, habits, certain bad habits, certain things. <laughs> but now, if we're talking about major infractions, uh, we're talking about serious things. We're not talking about a little bit of a negligence when it comes to cleaning a car. We're talking about major, God forbid, personality things, other things in a person, where you discover a horrible flaw, an unbelievable flaw. It could be that you really saw this before the marriage, but uh, the ilam haguf covered all of that up, and you thought it's fine, it's not a big deal. But then when you get married, you see, uh-oh, it's a very, very big deal. Oftentimes you didn't see it at all. <clears throat> sometimes you, you see it but you figure it's going to go away it's going to get better or by being married to me then everything will be fine and so on so these bigger giloyun ulam kechol giloy however the bigger the revelation the bigger the giloy ke'in al ha'adam min a ha'mufak the harder it is to just turn away the harder it is to ignore this is a chisarun Haq. This is a clear chisar. It's not a claim account. This is not a small little thing. This is a major flaw in my husband or my wife's character. A person discovers it. Uh, and I've had situations over the years where a wife finds out that the husband is looking at things on the computer. The things that are disgusting on the computer. This has happened, unfortunately, many times. And it's happening more frequently, God forbid, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's, that's the mitzvah. And and here, she thought that she's married to an elch person and a wonderful, God-fearing, faithful and loyal husband. To a woman. To a woman, if a man is looking at things, God forbid, on the computer. That's a level of unfaithfulness. She feels betrayed. There's a reason for feeling betrayed. It's taken something to her. She feels betrayed. And he says, hey, come on, guys, you know. And she says, she doesn't live. That's a betrayal. So to discover such a thing in a person, and that's with a computer. And what if Khalila Halila, an Indian, happened with somebody? So when there's a gili of that magnitude, when something has been revealed of that magnitude, Sometimes the, sometimes the marriage cannot go on. Sometimes it shouldn't go on. Many times it can go on, but it, but it needs a lot of help. But, but even if it's less of a gilui, some dishonesty, some discrepancy, something that's wasn't ehrlich, wasn't honest, wasn't clear, wasn't right, the my husband said he went someplace and that's not where he went she said she she didn't get something and she did or different things like that and then you and then you begin to think you know that's not the first time it's not the first time and you say well i'm i'm, an, I'm a real idiot I, I i never i never realized this but you know my my husband is uh my husband's a, a liar my wife is a my wife is a a flirt God forbid. Now we're not talking about kleenekite. We're not talking here about somebody that you know uh, scratches his head the wrong way, or uh, you know doesn't take out the garbage as often as as he should. We're talking about something serious, and anything in between. Obviously, each person, depending upon his or her upbringing and what the expectations of themselves of the spouse, but when there's when there's a big gilui. The bigger the revelation, the bigger the gilui. The more difficult it is to just be misalim, to just ignore it. I, I was able to ignore this little thing and this little thing, that little thing. And I have a nature where I'm able to overlook, I'm able to overlook uh, habits and little kleinigkeit and faults. But this is very, this is a big thing. This is a serious thing. Again, in each marriage, in every person's life, how do we define a big thing? Another person might hear this and say, that's a big thing. That's big. <laughs> if you knew my husband, that's not, that's, that's a kleinigkeit. But for that person, that's a big in. There's no, there's no halach in what's considered to be a big union and a small union, obviously. Everybody is different. So you'll be hearing somebody making a whole... I, years ago in the mountains, when, when, when we were first married, we were in a bungalow colony, and the bungalow next door, there was, they had a lot of little kids. There was such umulhamer. My wife had a shaykhist to, to the wife, and my, my wife, uh, I said, I think you got to go over there, something, uh, to talk, to, whatever. There was such screaming and fighting. I had all these little kids was going screaming and fighting. I mentioned this once in the school. a so, uh, mamish, a milchama. And you know, in the bungalow colony, uh, you know, everything here, here it's not, it, not, in those days a bungalow colony meant, Be'emis, a bungalow colony. You know, they were really bungalows. It wasn't like a house in the mountains. It was a bungalow. It means the windows were mostly broken and, and everything, you heard everything. And was such a milchama. Some wife went over there and they, they were screaming and yelling and the wife came over to us. And my wife brought her over, and I was talking to her, and the Milchama was over ice cream. They were arguing over ice cream. He went to Woodburn, and he brought back for her a vanilla ice cream with chocolate sprinkles. I'm telling you the truth. A vanilla ice cream with chocolate sprinkles. She threw it in his face in front of the children. She says that you did this purpose, you know, that I like chocolate ice cream and no sprinkles. I mean, she threw it in front of the children in his face. He felt disgrace in front of the kids. And that was World War III. I understand. Over ice cream. So she's telling my wife, he knows that I hate vanilla ice cream. So why did he buy vanilla ice cream? Because he's angry at me from whatever. And he wanted to give me a shtach. So he brought back the wrong ice cream on purpose. So I says, like, why would anybody you're a lunatic? You're getting ice cream. Why would he bring you back? Why would somebody do such a thing? So he says, no, you don't know him, he's such a rusher. That he that he brought back the ice cream like that. So my says he like, so you see so it throat in his face and the children are standing there. The bizarreist for a person like that, and you know, and that's not the ice cream you Understand? So you could think, I mean I was the whole time just I didn't say a word, I was on the porch, I had I, I had a gummar, I was sitting on the porch, and I was thinking Oh boy! I know, I'm glad I'm not here. You know, I'm this Indian. <laughs> I'm just in my wife. You know, I don't. Wanna, I'm not getting involved. i was just it's, it's staying to myself. But, but, so you could think that they're arguing over ice cream. It's a clinic, it's an Irish guy. But that's not what she was saying. She wasn't saying she was upset about the ice cream. She was upset about the ice cream. What she was saying is obviously that my that my husband ignores me, my husband doesn't understand me, my husband doesn't pay attention, my husband is, is intentionally trying to hurt me. He feels disrespected because she speaks to him in general in a dis- disrespectful way. That's, again, it's a bungalow colony. They were around 20 feet away from us. She spoke to him in a disrespectful way all the time. And now, not just did she speak to him disrespectfully, the ice cream pop in front of the children. Now he feels, to begin with, disrespected because he's got one of these loud wives that's constantly putting him down. Now now she did the biggest avla in the world. She threw an ice cream at him in front of the kids. All he has in his life, Nabuch, is the children. And she threw an ice cream at him in front of the children. So you understand. It's such, she feels that he doesn't pay attention to her, that he doesn't show her, show her any love. He feels that he's not respected by her. She doesn't give him the proper respect. She talks to him in a disrespectful way all the time. It's all about Neshama and Guth. It's, it's all. That's the whole this. But what happens when you have such a gilu? What happens when there's such a revelation? So it looks like it's a small revelation. But of course underneath the ice cream was a much bigger thing that, they, that they're hurting from. Two nice people, by the way. Good people. Demis, nice people. Good people. Nice parents, good people. I mean, I hadn't seen them in so many years, but they're nice people. So even when some even when you see that it looks like it's a cleanekite, but underneath that there's something that each one found in the other after they were married that caused tremendous pain. A discovery, a revelation that brought such an unbearable disappointment, an unbearable disappointment. That the person did not know whether to kill herself or to kill her husband. So some people in that situation, they'll say, Shikruati. Shikruati means, they lied to me. This is an old fashioned sheduch, right? She says, they lied to me. They didn't tell me about this. They didn't, they didn't tell me that she, that she, she is. She's good at throwing ice cream in the Catskills. They never told that to me. Shikroisi. They lied to me. Oin a faltiba pach. Boy, did I fall into a pach, into a trap. Oin a faltiba pach. Heisi kol kach hafuzl his I was in such a rush to get married. Lilobiru ma'amik. I didn't, I didn't. Research this enough. I didn't ask enough questions. My parents didn't ask enough questions. My Rebbe didn't look into this, whatever it is. Oh, you know what it is. I know what it is. Because I'm a, I, I don't have enough money. Not as I come from a family that's not wealthy. Because of that, I couldn't find uh, a superior quality. Uh, shidduch, because I'm a, poor, I'm a poor boy, from a poor family. So they, they set me up, well, what kind of schaur do you get for the money that, I, that my parents were giving? You know, we, didn't have, we couldn't uh, get an apartment in usual line for anybody. We couldn't do anything, couldn't pay for this and couldn't pay for that. So I got bad schaur. You know, you have less money, you get less schaur. The schaur, the quality is worse. You, get, you have a lot of money, you buy a nice asterisk. You have less money, you get a poor quality asterisk. So I got a poor quality so because of my parents, now it's a that My parents are schlepped. My parents don't have money, and because we, because my mazel that I come from a poor family, I didn't get that spitz shidduch, you know. I didn't get the I didn't get that uh, the the shidduch that my best friend Herschel, Oh, Herschel, you see that he's married to a beautiful, sweet, little girl who never throws ice cream at all. That that is the shidduch. You know why Herschel got that shidduch? He's not in this broken bungalow colony with the broken windows. <coughs> he's not uh, without with the fence. You know, you don't have air conditioning, you just have a fan in the window, you know? He's not, he's not in one of those bungalow counties. He's in one of the new developments, you know, in the mountains. Three bedrooms, central air conditioning. He's in a fancy house with a tennis court and a clean swimming pool. We also had a swimming pool, but it wasn't clean. He has a clean swimming pool. He has a clean swimming pool. I'm a hire. You know why? Because it all boils down to money. And his parents have money. And my father never was able to make it. So I got stuck with this I got stuck with a, a bainami, you know, or worse, a lower quality shidduch. A person could think like that. The chadayim was at Guvai S meet All kinds of reactions that a person can have, all kinds of reactions. Sham ben kulamhu. what they all share in common, is one thing. All of these share in common. The common denominator here is Chisaran, Bermuna, Shazivud, Nikva, Aideh, All of these are expressions of a lack of faith that the zivig was a zivig that the Bere'a'ilam made. That Kosh Baruchim made the zivig. I was not the one, nor was it my father or mother, nor was it my Rebbe, nor was it the shadchan. the shadchan too. The elam was the one that put us together. Now, of course, of course, going to acknowledge, that doesn't mean that people can always stay married with each other. But all of these dibur, all of these, all of these words, are words that are coming from, obviously, a small place, from the guf, not from the Neshama, not from Emunah, but from the place of the, gu, of the guf of Eilim Hazeh. Eilim Hazeh is completely a world of ishtadlis. My father didn't make enough of ishtadlis to make more money. I got a bad My shadchan didn't make enough of Hishadlis to tell me the truth. They, they, I, I was uh, cheated. My rabbi did not look into this as he was supposed to, and so on. Therefore, I, 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 I fell into this pach, into this trap. Those are all the shyness of ishtadlis. Those are all the shyness of Eilim Hazeh, of the Eilim if there would have been this established or that established, if there would have been this research or that, if we would have gotten the FBI involved and we would have had helicopters flying over the house at night watching what goes on, and so on and so forth. Neither. Now, you have, to, you have to continue because we're going to see that certainly Rav Schwartz is not discounting should, uh, established. Remember, we're also not maguf. you could have another approach. Then there are other people who when they make the shocking revelation, when they discover the shocking thing about a husband and wife, about the husband or the wife, there's something that the mamish they never ever imagined and it's really, really shocking. Then these individuals are <speaking> in <Hebrew> This is the Zivik, the Baruch especially if they're already children. This is the zivig, and Hashem is and he gave us these kindlelach. This is what Hashem decreed upon me, the next page. This is what Hashem decreed even before I came into the world, before I was created. Now this person, this person sounds good. So writes, He writes, <speaking in the Bible> now this guy, what he's saying is true. Of course, the boy made the shidduch, And of course, the Zivig was made in Shemayim. So what he's saying is true. <speaking in the Bible> but he has to be honest with himself. I'm saying these words. That's all Bashed. Those words. This is Bashed. This is my zivik. Hashem made it. Does my goof really believe that? Now I know that I'm saying those words. I went to the right yeshiva. I went to the right Shia, I listened to enough tapes, and I'm I'm chazik myself because I don't want to have despair and I don't want to have a divorce. So I'm saying the I'm saying the Aleph word emuna. But does my goof really believe this? Listen carefully. I'm saying this with my mouth, but is my body and my heart really, really, does, it, does my body and my heart really buy this bent? Or am I just saying this? The amuna that this guy is expressing, which is gewalti, the amuna that he's saying with his lips, that it's, that amuna. Then, if it's true that that then the sharish of that comes from the neshama, then the person is able to be macabre, this with simcha, even though he found out something again, not something that like God forbid it makes it impossible to live with that person. Chassid But it's a it's an upsetting revelation, but he's able to now accept it. Be ahavah ve'beemes. He's not just saying the words and then going to sleep at night and he's grinding his teeth about his miserable life. Famous, and therefore he's besimcha. Like the Yiddaker, it's very well known that Yiddaker had an inu with a wife. There's many stories about it that we have from the Chassidim, and Yiddaker himself told us about it. But the Yiddaker had with his wife Yisur Mamash of Gehenna. Now other tzaddikim, though we know like that? It's not. That's very famous. That's in all the The others are not so famous. But also we find it, that it was in the open. People knew about it. So then it could be what? If the guf of the person really is makabalous, in other words, if this person is so completely in touch with his neshama, that there's a chibur of the neshama and the guf, and the lines of communication from the neshama to the guf are open in such a way, where the guf actually hears what the neshama is saying, then this person is bechitayf. He can mamish, make a great comeback. He can build his life up and recalculate, readjust with the new discovery of this person. is not the same person, not the same person, a different person. We can get along, we can be happy. The moon is always in the Neshama. So it could be he's speaking Emunah words, he's speaking Neshama words, he talks that way, he talks like the Neshama, he sounds like the Neshama, but he's not really, really in the Neshama. It could be that moon is only in his intellect. That's why you have to learn the first two Chalakim of Bilhavi Mishkan Evne, to know the Chilid. Also what we learned in this sefer. Could be that he's just saying it with his mouth. Which is nice. He's trying. And it's in his head. Intellectually, he's saying to himself, this is B'Shea, this is B'Shea, this is B'Shea. This is my zivik. This is all from Hashem. Hashem is, There's a bas call to put us together. It must be that Hashem knows what's best for me and if my toive that Hashem wants to to hurt to be an ezer connected, And the connecting means that I found this out and I'm going to make it into something which is better. And he's saying all the right words. And he's saying all the stuff. And he goes to and he runs and he looks at his notes from the Shiram that he read and he says, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> he sees this and he sees that. And he's saying all the right stuff. One problem is that it's only in his marshal, is in his mouth. The problem is that the heart doesn't buy it. The heart's not on the madrega of the brain. The brain heard the right shiurim. The mouth is saying over the good shiurim. But when the heart's in the heart, it's not working. I know it's a funny place to stop, but I know it's getting... If to, another five minutes we'll do one more paragraph. Matzev Zemis two parts. Sometimes even though the person's heart is not in a madrega to really receive the samuna of the Nishama, he hasn't worked hard enough, he hasn't done really that void that's necessary for the Amuna to fill his eivarm, to, to saturate him, his heart and to fill him to such a place where he believes it. Still, sometimes a person, by chasing over the Amuna in his brain and saying it over with his mouth, and he works on this a lot in his mind and his mouth, like the Sram tell us, that slowly could be the Adabter could be coming it could come from the seichel, but eventually what? Bahashivai so saw where? Elba Vakah. Hemanti kiadab. Ayid has such kaichas. So it could be over time maybe he says it enough and he thinks about it enough, and he chases over the Shiya a lot, and he davins a lot, and he goes to Kivit Siddiqim and he goes to living Siddiqim and he and he gets brachas. it could be could be the Kimma kimitz a Little by little it gets into the heart. And then his heart becomes filled with that emunah. Then he could come to himself. He could feel happiness. He could feel good. But sometimes the amunah is far, far from the madrig of that person. And even though he's saying the right words... And he's thinking the right thoughts, but the heart is on the heart is. There's a storm inside the heart. There's a storm inside the heart. Mamish a storm. Because he's on a very low madriga, just in his head. He learned a lot. He knows a lot, but he's not on that madriga at all. Or, or it could be that he says to himself, "Listen, all that I learned in yeshiva and all that I read in the Svarmakadayishim about that would handle a less a less serious situation but my wife or my husband that situation that's too big for the for the Shia that I got. Because the Shia that I got was only about other stuff. That was about that kind of that amuna, and that was that was enough for the, for other problems. But for the problem that I've discovered in my spouse, that that I didn't learn like that's not helping me. That's not helping me. So you are over that any of the person and you'll say, you know, the person will come talk and say, this there's an there's an Sometimes, you know, you'll have this, not just a husband and wife, sometimes you'll have two people, they have two friends. They get in a discussion, and uh, one says, hurt the other one. And one says, Ruben says to Shimon, I'm sorry that I hurt you. I really, it was a mistake. I apologize. I ask you from the That's what Reuven says to Shimon. Shimon says, Marech, Shkai. No, that. You came, you apologized, and that's it, right? They hug, bite them, And then you find out a week later that he's been talking to ten other people about what a, what a russia you are. And and I said, I don't understand. I, I thought, we spoke about it, and I asked you for a khiyu, and you said, you're Michael? I, says, I never said that. Who, who said I said? I never said that, that, that. These games. So, then, as he wanted to be Michael. He's not a liar. So, he said, he's Michael. He said it with his mouth because he heard the she'er on mechila that a Jew should be easy to be ma'ichel. He should be ma'ichel in a nice way. He should be easy with other people. So he read the story. So he wants to be like the Chaim. He wants to be like Bissal He wants to be like in a Lapian, like the Chassam Saif, Who knows? So he said a Chassam Sofer to He said a Chavisheim to give You know, you read all of these books. You read all of these books. So, like you see, like uh, like when you go to you go to uh, you go in Yeshivat Gutter Reb Tzimany, and after Reb Tzimeyeh. you see you see seventy Yeshiva Bachim walking around like Reb Tzimeyeh, and they talk like Utsumaya, and they go uh, like that, and they talk like Ipsumaya. But when they're home with their parents back in the States two weeks later, they ain't talking like Utsumaya. <laughs> and, and then when they meet their old girlfriend, they don't turn their head away. to where like, Ipsumaya, turns his head away in the street. yeah. But when they walked out, they really thought they were like Utsumaya. Because they heard, they already heard 33 shoes that year from Reb So each one walked out thinking, I'm a Tzimei. See, he, he suckles a certain way, and looks at it and then when, he, when it comes down to it, he's not Reb But he's talking like that, and he's thinking like that, and he heard all the shmuzim, and he read all the sikhahs, and he underlined it, and he highlighted it, and he circled it, and he doesn't understand. But then his parents say to him, you know, you have a chutzpah if you talk with such chutzpah. I thought, you, I thought you became a little Reb oh, It's only by davening. It's only by Rabbim HaMokim. Reb rabbi rabbi Tzimeyeh is a tzimeye 24 hours. You understand? Seven days of the week. Not just in Yushalayim, I'm on one block. But that's how it is in life. It's not void The fact that you think something and that you say something doesn't mean that you are something. All right. Then the Shoma, of course, is filled with Amunah. But if you're not in that place, that doesn't mean that the problem is solved. We'll continue to show next.